that's where we we actually jumped off with well there's a there's a little bit of a story there Okay. We, we did enroll her in first grade in our public <laughs> school, just like you when you were in first grade. And she had almost the same conversation with us well, the first week of school. Welcome to the Homeschool Journal, a show that unpacks the joys and journeys of the classical homeschool family. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Hi friends, we wanna bring to you today another great episode of the Homeschool Journal. It is my hope and prayer that this podcast is encouraging uplifting, and allows you to journey alongside of other homeschoolers. And we're going to do that today with a very unique and busy couple out of California. This homeschool couple not only chose to homeschool for their family, but they chose to open up homeschool opportunities for many other families as well. If you're enjoying our podcast, give us a thumbs up and leave us a comment. Let's meet Stacy and Doug and listen to how their homeschool team makes it all work. Doug and Stacy, hi, how are you today? Great. Great. We're happy to be here. Yeah, well, thank you so much. So happy to have you. Excited that you are going to spend today with us sharing your heart, your home, your homeschooling journey with all of our listeners out there um, in beautiful, beautiful California. Now, uh, where I know that you all are, let's see, Doug, you're an avid backpacker. Is that right? Yes, I certainly am. <laughs> in the mountains of beautiful California, and I understand that, Stacy, you enjoy um, hiking as well? Yes, I developed the hobby of hiking to better accompany my husband through the <laughs> adventures of life. She's been very supportive. Uh, I grew up in Oregon, and I was a little biased thinking that there was no place else to backpack in the world, and then I discovered Southern California actually has quite a bit of great backpacking, so... Oh, how, how yeah. wonderful. Well, well, if you ever get a chance to head out here to the Midwest, I don't know that we have the greatest, you know, backpacking that, that you all do, but, but we do have caves and horses. So come on, <laughs> come on out here. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to share with our listeners that um, Doug and Stacy have been married for almost 20 years are coming upon that anniversary and they have five children and their oldest is already out here in the Midwest studying voice at my alma mater. You all did not know that, did you? Um, wow. Yeah. Indiana University. So hi, neighbor. Um, and then they have fa- uh, four more, excuse me, at home uh, with them ages eight to 15. And uh, we're just really excited that you all are here with us today and are going to tell your story. So I don't want to start... Um, at the beginning, like if you're a Sound of Music fan like I am, you know, it says you start at the beginning and do re mi, but we're going to start kind of right in the middle of your journey. I would really like to know and, and talk with our listeners about where you are in your homeschool journey right now. Okay. Um, right now we have children from 8 to 15 at home. So we've got some in grammar, grammar school level and some in upper um, upper school level. And we've been really going in depth with the Memorial Press curriculum for about nine years, I think. And I, my story probably starts like a lot of other listeners story. We actually had lived briefly in the Midwest in Minneapolis. And as we were making our way back out to California, uh, I was prayerfully searching for for something different. And I didn't really, I hadn't loved the classical pieces of curriculum that I'd used in my home homeschooling journey thus far. And I, I, but I knew there, I I had this 
this uh, kind of impression that there must have been something in the past that was efficacious in education. There had to be a missing piece that we somehow let go of as a culture. And I don't, I, that must have been an inspired thought. So I started to think, what, you know, what can I, can I look back to? What's something solid? And I just had this idea to search for Latin. I had no Latin background, no interest in Latin outside of that thought. And um, as I started to search, I came upon a curriculum that no one in my circle had ever mentioned to me, which was Memoria Press. And um, I, I did what homeschool moms do, where they put, you know, all the potential curriculum pieces with their, with their limited budget for that school year in a basket. And then you think about it for a long time. Yes, <laughs> and right. So <laughs> I put it all in the basket. And, and then I was looking at another provider as well. And I put all of that in the basket. And I prayed over it for a few weeks and thought about it and tried to read articles on the different websites and the different forums that we, you know, how we love to over-research everything. And then one evening as I sat looking at my laptop, I looked at the Memorial Press site again and I saw the tagline, Saving Western Civilization One Student at a Time. Yes, and that will grab you. I'm not you. sure I fully grasp what they're getting at, but that's a really bold assertion. I'm going to spend my money with them this year. I'm going to go for it. So I pressed, you know, purchase and waited for, as this is while we're making This is our, while you're still in Minneapolis. I think we were, yeah, I think yeah. we were on our way back, actually. I think we we're at my parents' home in Arizona, but we were traveling back to California and I placed my order and, you know, we settle into our new little home here and we're waiting for this book order. And I'd done many book days before and had always been mildly disappointed, not, not terribly disappointed, but just a little bit of a, a little bit of a sigh when I would look over the materials and think, okay, well, this, this should be good. We can make this work. And one day the boxes arrived to my house and I was alone and I opened up the first thing on the top was first form Latin. I pulled the workbook and the textbook out and looked through it and just instantaneously knew that this was different, that this was a different uh, whole approach, a different type of curriculum. I knew it would provide a challenge to then my fifth grade daughter, who's now away at college. And um, I just, I just saw the logical progression um, the system, you know, systemic approach and the simplicity of the materials as being very accessible. Now, I still was afraid that she would call me out as not knowing what I was doing when it came to Latin, because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and I, I, I had this little fear that within a couple of days, she would just look at me and say, Mom, you know, you don't, you don't know Latin, <laughs> and neither do I. But it went just the other way. In about three days, she and I looked at each other and we said, we found the missing piece of language art study. And it was something that I really, truly had been looking for throughout my, my own K-12 education, I think. It was, a, it was a long sought answer. I just knew something was missing from, from how, we, how I was taught, um, particularly in the language arts, but all the way across. Stacey, I absolutely love what you said about, you know, you knew that there was something to reach back to, that there had to be something more. That is so much a part of my story and other stories that I hear when, you know, we knew that there had to be something that was going to pull our families forward into a more beautiful and and God-fulfilling education. And, and then the fact that you're so right about, I love our motto 
saving Western civilization one student at a time. And I often say it's really, for us, it turned out to be one family at a time. And so I, I love the story of your research. Um, my goodness, going across country <laughs> while, while you're ordering. And yes, when you said, you know, how we research and we leave all these things in different buckets until we pull the punches and we actually hit pay. You know, I often have like 19 tabs open on my computer and I swear to Pete, only three of them are working. So, um, yes. so let's talk about, um, how you all are making this work right, right now. I mean, you're a very busy family. There's, there's many things going on. What are, what our listeners don't know about Stacy and Doug is that they operate or Stacy primarily is the home of schooler for the home, but, but Stacy operates three Highlands Latin school cottage schools. So these, this is amazing. And, and Doug is there right beside her making all of this possible for the family. So let's talk about that and how you guys work together. Talk about a week, you know, a day in the life of the heater family. I love the practical. Sure. Well, let me, I guess I should start here since Stacy got the last uh, word in. Um, <laughs> um, how do we make it work? I, well, I mean, that's a little bit of a subjective uh, question, right? Because that assumes we are making it work. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> I, I think it's a process like so many things. I mean, you learn something new every day and you're constantly trying to fiddle and improve the system and the, and the process, right? And so, you know, today where we're at looks definitely different where we started, you know, on this journey, however many years ago it's been now. Um, I, you know, and, and gosh, so much has changed just in this last year alone that has had a, a, an immediate and material impact on how we do things um, every day yes. with our family. And, and, and Doug, that's changed for many families. So, so by all means, you know, share where you were, where you are. And because a lot of families need to hear you know, what's going on out there? You know, we are now, we've been isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've spent the better part of my career, um, working in some aspect of the entertainment industry. Um, I came out, I spent almost 10 years working uh, on the film and television side in Southern California. And the last 15 years have been, uh, spent on interactive entertainment, which, you know, to put in uh, to normal everyday terms means I make video games oh. for a living. And, uh, You're a popular guy. So, <laughs> depending on who you ask, okay. yes. <laughs> okay, with anyone that's under 17, right? Anyone? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the, the parents at the school sometimes give me a little bit of a raised eyebrow look. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, so I, you know, entertainment is definitely a, a, a how do I put this? It, it's not a nine to five job. Um, it, you know, there's periods, there's highs and lows, there's moments where you're just crazy and crunching and, and the hours are all over the place. And my family doesn't see me for weeks and months at a time. I mean, they see me, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. very, very the windows, very, very small in the day. And then there's periods where we're kind of on a downswing and, um, things are a little bit slower and I have a little bit more time to travel with the kids or to be at home and be more involved. So that's always been the case to some degree or another. and where we're at now, which is great because that gives us some flexibility. And I think it's also helped me to kind of think a little bit outside the box um, in terms of how we approach things day to day in our, in our life. Um, and of course now with, you know, for the past year, especially here in Southern California, I don't know what it's like 
for you all in Kentucky and other parts of the Midwest is uh, we've been under pretty, pretty tight lockdown. And right. as of March, you know, I have not been in my office, uh, at, at, you know, the actual work office since March. So all coming up on a year now. Wow. And, um, and you know, while there's certainly downsides to that and other topics, which I won't go into on this conversation, what it has afforded me is afforded me is even more flexibility. And, you know, I'm, I am enjoying tutoring my son in math right now, for example. And, and I've even used some of the, the downtime where I would normally been commuting to the office back and forth. Um, I was trying to catch up on my own Latin studies and, and math studies and um, doing what I can to keep up with, uh, with what the family's doing. And, and that to me has always been really important is that this isn't just mom teaching the kids, but it's really a family cultural shift for us. And so I'm learning as I go, as much as anybody, as much as the kids are, I feel like I've benefited so much from this journey. And it, just like Stacy said, it has filled in so many pieces for me that instinctively I knew were kind of missing. I think my parents like had a, a, an instinct for, but like didn't necessarily have the label or the language for describing what it was that we, they were mm-hmm. trying to do as parents. Right. And that's what Memoria Press and classical studies has provided us as a family is more of a language for how to describe what it is we're doing and more of a philosophy. And it's more of a conscious choice now and a deliberate choice on our parts. And I, I really appreciate that. Doug, I absolutely love what you said about a cultural shift. Those are words I've never used before for this transition into, into homeschooling and what happens for the family and for the home as you discover the, the, the beauty of homeschooling. Now, we all know, as you said a minute ago, like there's some challenges and we're still learning and, and we learn as we go. Um, but that cultural shift is a beautiful way to put that because Let's let's talk about though you guys had a bit of a, a bigger shift than some families because not only did you take on homeschooling for for your kiddos you s- opened up those opportunities for others as well. So Stacy talk to me about uh, you know what it is how, where you all took homeschooling. Well, I I have to go back to when I was in first grade to be honest. Woo. So when I Now that's when going I back to the beginning. <laughs> Well, when I was in first grade, this is really is a part of the story. Um, I mean, I mean it humorously, but truly, I, I enjoyed kindergarten quite a bit. My dad was in the Air Force, and we moved four to four different bases during kindergarten. So I just had a fun time meeting all these kids and having a little formal schooling. And when I got into first grade, we lived in North Carolina, and I was ready for the meat of education. I mean, I knew how to read. I knew how to add and subtract, and I was ready to dive in. And I wasn't in this, I had a lovely teacher, Mrs. Henry, and I wasn't in that class very long before it was recess. And I went outside and looked at the sky and thought, where's the meat? What, where, when will they start? <laughs> Why do they have all the kids together, but they're not really teaching us anything? Mm. And it, I, I really was thinking about this in first grade. And the reason why I, I bring that up is because this question haunted me throughout my own education. I love to read. I love to learn. And every year, my teachers promised me that the next year would be the year that the um, the information and the content would become rich and meaningful and challenging. And every year, they said it'd be the next year. And I, I have to say, I developed a little bit of a cynicism toward um, schooling in general, because I just didn't see that coming to fruition. And so 
um, when I had this discovery, so of course I was able to put that kind of all away for a time once I was out of school, but once you have your first child, you know, you're called back to really look at those questions again. Right. And uh, we had a really rare opportunity for Olivia to, who's our eldest, to attend this very tiny private um, preschool program that was really special and wonderful. And they spent a great amount of time in nature, which was exceptional at the time we lived in the city in West LA. And it was a really wonderful experience for her. And after that, um, even though we lived in a school district that was very considered a very top rated district here in Los Angeles, I just knew where she was at academically probably wouldn't fit in great with, with what they would be doing. Um, and that's where we, we actually jumped off with well, there's a, there's a little bit of a story there. Okay. We, we did enroll her in first grade in our public <laughs> school, just like you when you were in first grade. And she had almost the same conversation with us well, the first week of school. I mean, she had she had had a really enriching kindergarten yeah. and junior kindergarten experience. And so when she got to first grade, she said, we just sit, we just sit on the rug all day, mom. I don't know what's happening. So I had her there for about three days. <laughs> and at that point, I just, I was a reluctant homeschooler. I, just, I didn't, I like to join and be a part of things. Like, I don't want to be off on my own. And so I, I started to dip my toe into that world, which is a very eclectic world out in West Los Angeles. I'm There's sure. a wide variety of approaches, um, not a, a tremendously large classical education um, representation there. And so our, our journey started in with her in first grade, I had several little ones and just starting to learn, like my husband said, learn the vocabulary that you learn when you're, when you're um, trying to make those choices for your family that were, and all of that was new to me. So we had, you know, we had several years there where we tried many different uh, curricula, many different approaches and, um, had, went back into school, went back out of school. We tried a German, <laughs> right. we tried a German version charter school for a time, and uh, you know, after when, when we started there, homeschooling Olivia in first grade, I, I don't think either of us were thinking this was a long-term plan. No. It was more of like, well, she's kind of wasting her time there, so we're not going to really. What are you really going to miss out? Pausing first grade, you know that. I think we were both of the same mindset. Well, there. that's so true. I mean, that is something that so many homeschoolers find, um, myself included. You know, I had one that I, I I brought home or I started at home. I sent to school a little bit, brought her back home. You know, um, so so that's a, a journey that rings true for so many of our homeschoolers. And then so many of us do it kind of kicking and screaming sometimes, you know, yeah. um, pulled into to homeschooling. But, but you know... Stacy, you just said that you you like to join in. Well, but you created something that others could join into. Well, so so that's that's the whole thing. All of this search from the story I told you from myself being in first grade all the way through Olivia being in first grade, and then the years that followed where we tried many different educational options in our community, at home. We spent several years homeschooling with different curricula. I was just always searching. I felt that there had to be a canonized complete education and yet no one had the answer. And so for me, I, I'm emphasizing all of this backstory because when I picked up the Memoria Press materials and recognized that through the work of Cheryl Lowe, God had provided me the answer I sought my entire life, mm -hmm. I was not a little bit excited. I was not, oh, we'll see where this goes. I was on fire. Right. And I just started to... 
evangelize without ceasing. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, I'm sure it was a very annoying person to be around for that period. I had my little group of ladies from church where we'd go to the park once a week and all the moms would say, well, I don't know. You know, I just don't know if we're doing enough science. Do you think this is enough science? And then they would say, well, I just am worried about this. And we're in everyone like to, you know, bear their anxieties. And I said, ladies, you don't need to worry anymore. I found the answer. I found the answer. And um, there was a dear friend there that I probably annoyed more than most of the ladies. And she and, and she was not, I wouldn't say from the outset um, as a parent that I was particularly classically minded. This was a revelation for me. And this, this other um, mother was also not, you know, even looking in that realm, it was hard to, you know, it was where you're really approaching why study Latin and those basic discussions. Mm-hmm. And because I had an older student, a fifth grade student who dove right in with the forms, I saw within months the connection she was making um, between, you know, English grammar and Latin grammar. And I saw that her understanding three months into first form was deeper than my own understanding of English grammar. Yes. I saw these words immediately and they were so powerful. And and then of course the more I tried, you know, we we started, uh, I think Storytime Treasures with my first grader and uh, first start reading and all the different pieces, everything I tried, it all measured up to the standard of excellence that I'd never seen before. So I'm sharing this with whoever will listen to me. It's, I mean, I'm sure that I, I tend to be pretty passionate, and I'm told I could sell snow to an Eskimo or whatever. So I I'm sure I was really on fire about this, even to a point that would seem odd to me myself now looking back, but it was a lifelong quest that I had been blessed to find the answer to. And so I sat down with this same mother. Her name is actually Jenny Vance. And uh, many people at Memorial Press know her. She, I sat down with her. I said, we're going to start. I I asked her to meet me for, you know, cocoa one night at the coffee bean. And I said, we're going to start a a program. We're going to have uh, like a little co-op. And she just kind of looks at me and she's like, okay. I said, I'm going to teach Latin and classical studies and grammar and literature. And you're going to teach the younger kids. And she said, okay. And um, that's what we did. We we rented some classrooms and we started, I think, in tw- the fall of 2014. So just a little over a year after we had really, you know, gone all in with Memorial Press at home, we started with two classrooms, grades one through five. So we had a, a first, second grade class and a three through fifth grade, third through fifth grade class. Two teachers, completely volunteer basis, basically asked for almost zero contribution from the families financially because I thought we're untested. This could go awry, so we're just going to try. And part of my impetus for wanting to do that was that many people, when I explained this amazing journey we were having with Memorial Press, would say, well, your kids are just extra smart or there's, you know, most kids are not going to like studying that way. It's dry. It's boring. There's something different about your family. And I thought, well, what if they're right? What if my kids are weird? And I didn't think my kids were weird, but maybe they were. So I thought I needed a a bigger pool to experiment on. And that was pretty much my, my motivation. (laughs) So I gathered these, you know, few, maybe it was five or six families and the fruit of that, even that one small year in two classrooms was so profound that we had doubled in size by the end of the year. And then, you know, almost doubled again by the end of the next year. So it was, I mean, everybody who came loved it and everybody who, who partook didn't want to leave. And it was, it was just a beautiful experience. Stacy, what you just said to me was absolutely perfect because I want our listeners to hear how 
this simple step for you. And it all started over a cup of hot cocoa is what you said. And yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so there's, there's two messages that I want our families out there to hear from the heater family. And the first is this message of team, the fact that, you know, Doug recognizes that they're, they're growing all the time. You know, we adjust all the time. All of us in the last year have adjusted to things that we never thought we would have to. And, and yet they, they work together. But the second message I want everyone to hear from them is about connections and how Stacy created these connections not just for their family, but for many other families and how that simple cup of hot cocoa has launched itself over the, I think the last seven years into three cottage schools out in California. Am I right? Three, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, and so I would encourage all of our homeschoolers out there, you know, make those connections, have that cup of hot cocoa and discuss those things you thought you'd never discuss. But let's turn back to their story. And because it has more messages to share. Um, I I really want to talk about how you all uh, keep it together as a family. So tell me about the the heart of your home, uh, the importance, the important things that are your family's you know, way of identifying as homeschoolers and, and how you make it all keep going. Sure. Well, I'll start here. Um, just um, you said a couple of things in your message, Carrie, that, you know, struck true with me. One is adaptability. And I, I want to talk about that first. You know, I think for us, so by nature of the two of us, I would say I'm the more rigid person in the relationship. And by nature, I want things to be kind of organized and orderly and I want to be have things to be predictable um but that's where I think the strength of our relationship comes through I I also recognize that that is just a human tendency of me and that is not an eternal principle mm-hmm. right like that's just okay I recognize that that's a just a personality trait and it's not necessarily a truth right or a truism and I think that's been a big, big part of our journey for me. I mean, why we even got into homeschooling to begin with, and then later on the cottage schools um, for me was sort of being just open to those possibilities. And, you know, there's uh, a lot of, and, and that's a constant thing, right? Like my nature is going to always drive me towards, well, you know, that, that more orderly, rigid uh, version, but, you know, I'm kind of always pulled back into that more. I'm humbled daily in my relationship with Stacy, um, and I and I appreciate that because I learned so much from her, and she, and I'm just so grateful that that we have such a good counterbalance with each other in that sense um, because uh, it, it helps me to grow in that way. So that being able to at least recognize that we need to be adaptable is, I think, a first part of that. Um, the second piece for me then, of course, goes back to well, what is it that you're focused on, and are we both focused on the same thing? And I mean, that for me is the cornerstone. I mean, ultimately, none of this would work if we didn't have a singular focus to the most important thing, which is our faith in Jesus Christ and our faith in his gospel. And, you know, that the day for us starts there 100 percent, you know, um, you know, and you know, I talked about, is it ever perfect? Is the process ever done? No, it's not. We're always trying to improve how we uh, uh, progress the culture in our own home. And for us, you know, how do we make it work? How do we keep it all together right now? That looks like, you know, working from home has given me the, the flexibility to 
have more focused family time with the family. And, you know, part of our uh, important routine, and this has gone between, uh, you know, whether it's in the morning first thing or kind of the last thing touch point of the day, um, making sure we have that, that devotional daily, you know, as a family praying together and reading from the scriptures together. Wonderful. And um, in addition to that, where, where, you know, Memoria Press has enriched us is that we also make part of that devotional reading from a good book together or, you know, discussing, you know, some of the principles and ideas that the kids have studied that day, whether in school or at home as part of their homeschooling uh, uh, process. So those three things are really key for us um, in sort of making things work. I guess if you can say we're we're making it work, <laughs> what would you say, dear? <laughs> I think we are. And I, I've noticed an increase in peace in the home. So, you know, some of the things when I talk to I've talked to more prospective homeschoolers in the last year since uh, the lockdown than I ha ever have before. People that are, are, you know, are just beginning to open to the possibility and they all have the same concerns. It's like, how will I make sure they're getting enough socialization? How will I make sure they're not on screen too much? How will I make sure they actually learn and listen to me, you know, when I'm the primary teacher. And I, I have a firm testimony that as we um, teach by pre precept and example, that we put God and his kingdom first, that brings, that increases the spirit of peace and love in our home. You know, obviously Amen. through the Holy Spirit, we, and we, and we see that every day. So we have conflict like every family and we have, you know, faults like every family, but I truly see that moment of the softening of the heart. You know, of course, we, as parents, we know our kids need to see us humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness from one another and from them at times, they need to see us, you know, on our knees praying. But I do find that family devotional really has, I, I've always prioritized that as the start of the day, because I truly thought we needed the Lord's help to get through our day. That's right. That's right. And um, we, we, I, I often say that a, that there's a heavenly simplicity that is brought when you are honoring God as the primary teacher's of your children. Now, oftentimes that means that, you know, you are enrolled in a cottage school, you are, or maybe some, for many years at public schools, but if parents will remember to claim themselves as the primary teachers of their children, and then that next step in homeschooling, there's just, a, there's just this heavenly presence that comes into your home when you do that, as you all say, to honor God. And, and so it, it really focuses the family. It builds a stronger family. That's what we found. And and all these worldly things just seem to fall away. The, the sibling rivalry, we had very little of it because everyone was participating and moving in the same direction and concerned about each other to make sure that the day um, the week, the year was a success. And, and Stacy, you're so right because this whole experience that the world has gone through, I'm talking to more and more people that never thought that they would be here that I, like I said earlier, might've gone kicking and screaming, but they are now more interiorly focused on mm -hmm. the values of the family. And I think that that is a, a blessing. I look forward to seeing unfold in our country. So every once in a while, you know, we, we do need to acknowledge that there are families out there that that don't have the, the the blessing of the team like you all have um that there are those that are doing this maybe by themselves um whether they're doing it because their spouse 
you know, just isn't on board. You know, Doug, like you said, um, I am much like you. I am more rigid. I um, Things had better be orderly. Um, they, my children may refer to me as a drill sergeant, um, but, you know, or that, that, you know, they don't have a spouse and they're doing this. Is there any encouragement that you can give to these families concerning, um, this journey of homeschooling? So when I was starting the cottage schools, um, I often got into conversations with my friend's husband. So they say never work with your friends. And of course my business now is entirely founded on, on friends. my friends. <laughs> and so I would often, you know, I, I would say, you know, in my wide circle, there were husbands that were in all different places as far as um, their readiness or willingness to, to participate or, or even think much about it. And, um, and I've watched those journeys that those families have been on. So speaking to um, just having a husband that maybe at this time doesn't fully grasp the grandeur of classical education or the purpose of keeping the, you know, the kids mm-hmm. learning in the home or, or really just pursuing an alternative educational path outside of the, the government schools. I feel like, um, I feel like it's, it's a lot like everything in marriage. I think that, um, I don't know, someone told me once that if you, if you want your family to be happy doing chores together, then be happy while you're doing chores and and don't be grouchy while you're there doing you it and be engaged and get moving and then let people see that this is not the worst thing ever. Um, and I, I've seen women, close close friends of mine move ahead. And I think um, throughout the last you know decade, I've seen the fruits that are very unique to this approach of, of education really be marvelous in their homes and their husbands have over time become very grateful for that kind of pioneering effort. Uh, I realized that, I mean, my mom was a single mom and I realized that not everyone, you know, is going to have the opportunity to, to necessarily do this. Mm -hmm. But I guess what I would say to someone who, who is on their own and is wondering how they can find the time or resources for whatever reason, I will attest and testify that God will provide. Um, He will provide what you need to educate your children in a way that is pleasing to him. And uh, he has done that for us. You know, this this was never something that was started out of, uh, you know, a, a rich, uh, uh, you know, um, we have a bunch of money set aside, so we want to start a business and what should we do? Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> this was something, and I think that was the funny thing about starting the cottage school was suddenly I was a business owner and I didn't even really grasp it. Um, <laughs> but I've seen, I've seen God provide you know, all that we've needed and he continues to do that. And so if you're a single mom or you're struggling or your husband's not on board, um, go to him in prayer and, and receive, you know, his grace. And I know that, that our journeys are going to look different, obviously at different times too. That's right. We're not going to all be doing the exact same thing. Yes. Stacy and Doug, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today, for sharing how, um, on a daily, weekly, yearly basis, and in the midst of a time that no one, you know, could have predicted how, uh, the world would have affected our families, how you all make it work and how you continue to work together. And I, and I also wanted our listeners to hear, you know, Stacy's final words are the Lord will provide, um, step forward in faith and in trust and choose that, which is the good, the true and the beautiful for your homes at all times and trust. Thank you for joining us today, Stacy and Doug. I pray that this, uh, this day and this moment together, um, has brought you great blessings as well. You're so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun.
God bless to you both and God bless to everyone today. Thanks for being with us on the Homeschool Journal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Homeschool Journal. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like our episodes, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. Help us to find more friends to join our homeschool family. I want to give a huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show and ask that you check out all of our great podcasts there. As always, I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.